Well, God bless you. Welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. We're going to finish up Luke chapter 12 and get through chapter 13, hopefully, in this session. And the title of this session is Let's Never Forget Who and Whose We Are. And that's really the subject of this session. So let's go ahead and pray and we'll get right into the word of God. Heavenly Father, we bless you in the name of Jesus, and we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and for your mercy. Now, Lord, instruct us in the way. Holy Spirit, reveal truth to us and accuracy, and we'll give you praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Well, we're going to start in Luke chapter 12, beginning in verse 41. Uh, This is Jesus talking about us being wise and faithful stewards. Notice uh, what... uh, what Luke records, then Peter said unto him, Lord, speak you this parable to us, or even to all. Now, what parable was he talking about? Well, he was talking about us having our loins girded about, having our lights burning, ever ready, amen, for the coming of the Lord. Um, and then he says here in chapter uh, 12, verse 36, and you yourselves are like unto men that wait for their Lord. When he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may open unto him immediately. So uh, we're talking about the imminency of the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, how that we should always be ready for his return, because we really we don't know uh, what day or what hour that he is to come. Notice again in verse 38 of this uh, chapter 12, and if he shall come in the second watch, or in the third watch and find them so blessed are those servants. Well, uh, the first watch in the evening began at 6 p.m. The second watch would be nine and the third watch would be at midnight. Now, midnight comes into prominence throughout the Gospels. And so we should be always ready for when the Lord does come, we'll immediately open unto him. Praise God. And of course, you know, 39 and 40 says in this know that if the good man of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken through. Then Jesus says, be ye therefore also ready for the son of man comes at an hour when you think not. So uh, this is why that we're always ready. We live our lives in such a way that uh, if he were to come, we know that we would be ready to uh, receive him or be received by him. And then uh, once again, in verse 41, then Peter said to him, Lord, do you speak this parable to us or to all? And the Lord said, notice what he says, who then is a faithful and wise steward? So that's the title of this session today, being a faithful and a wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them the portion of meat in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he comes, shall find so doing. You know what makes a great employee is one who works harder when his boss is gone away or not looking over his shoulder than when he is. Amen. Now that makes an exceptional worker. And that's the kind of workers that you and I are to be. That's the kind of servants that you and I are to be. That when the Lord delays his coming, that uh, he and when he does come, he will find us working hard in the harvest field. And I don't know what your uh, ministry is in the harvest field. You might be a reaper. You might be a sower. You might be a gatherer. uh, You might be those that separate. 
you might be those that uh, put the wheat into the barn. I, I don't know. I don't know what your ministry is, but I do know this, that every one of us as believers in Christ Jesus, we all have a job to do. Amen. And it and our jobs have to do with within the local church, uh, working towards in our local church, working in our community to just if we don't do anything just to make our community a better place, praise God, to shine the light of the Lord Jesus Christ upon ourselves, our family, our our neighbors, our community, and just to shine forth the light and the love of God. Amen. Praise God. And so Jesus says, if his Lord comes and finds so doing of a truth, I say unto you that he will make him ruler over all that he has. And so we're talking here about rewards. You know, you are not going to be judged whether or not you're going to make it to heaven. You've already made that decision. You've already crossed that bridge. Amen. Uh, you've already judged sin in your life and you've turned your life over to the Lord Jesus. So you'll never be judged concerning condemnation again. There is therefore now no condem condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. But now listen to uh, the warning that Jesus gives here in verses 45 and 46. But and if that servant say in his heart, my Lord delays his coming and shall begin to beat the manservants and the maidens and to eat and drink and to be drunken. The Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looks not for him at, at an hour when he is not aware and will cut him asunder and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. So uh, there is a great warning, both a promise and a warning now concerning watchfulness that you and I, every day that we wake up, uh, we put on the Lord Jesus Christ and we don't make provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. We always keep our eye in tune, amen, with events and know that one day Jesus is going to come back. Now, uh, he may come to us through death, but now he may come to us through rapture, whether by death or by rapture. Either way, it doesn't matter. We're always going to be ready to receive our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and he will always receive us. And then uh, verse 47 and 48 talk about the different degrees of punishment when it comes to rewards. Now, once again, you know, we're not going to we're not going to be judged according if we're born again, if we're children of God, if we've asked Christ to come into heart and life and we truly have received uh, the new birth then we're not going to be judged whether or not we make it to heaven. That's that's not the judgment that you and I are going to face. The judgment that we are going to stand before the Lord for is in the in the uh, uh, in the area of rewards. And that servant which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. Notice that's punishment. Amen. Now, I don't think the punishment is going to be literal stripes. But now there are stripes uh, that we suffer in our heart when we know that we have done wrong. Amen. And the Holy Spirit convicts us over it. But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes for unto whomsoever much is given of him shall be much required. And to whom men have committed much of them of him, they will ask uh, the more. So there are different degrees of uh, of reward and there will be different degrees of punishment too but i want you to remember what paul wrote 
in 1 Corinthians, for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. So the fire that will burns up, that burns up the chaff will also be the fire that purifies us. And so that when we go into the kingdom of God, the millennial reign of Christ will be perfect. Uh, individuals, amen, will be the glorified saints that God is destined for us to be. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, that's exciting. Uh, I, you know, none of us are perfect. None of us have, stri- have, have made perfection. But there is coming a time where we will be perfected. There's things, there's wood, hay, and stubble, and all of us that's going to be burned away. But there is also the gold and the silver and the precious jewels that are going to be purified by the fire. Amen. So don't you be afraid of judgment. You have nothing to be afraid of. Amen. Just remember to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember who and whose we are. Remember always to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and never make provision for the flesh uh, to fulfill the lusts of it. Praise God. And then Jesus says this. He says he doesn't come to bring peace, but a sword. Notice in verse 49. I am come to send fire on the earth, and what will I if it already be kindled? But I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how am I in heavy burden? That's what the word straighten means. In heavy burden burden until it be accomplished. In other words, Jesus is ready to give himself as a ransom for all. Amen. Now, remember now, he's in his, he's in the Judean ministry and is making, getting ready to make his last uh, trip to uh, Jerusalem, but he's ministering. And it is, this is on his heart. This is a heavy burden. And we'll see that heavy burden on full display in the Garden of Gethsemane. But he's ready. He's already made uh, his uh, sacrifice of himself. He's already made that decision. Uh, he is setting his face like Flint to go to Jerusalem. And, you know, we need to take that as a lesson to us. Amen. For us to be absolutely determined to live out of the full life in the perfect will of God for our lives and to follow that. And to don't be distracted and don't be moved from the left hand or to the right. But let's just stay on uh, the road that the Lord has, has prepared for us. Amen. And uh, and be determined. See, Jesus here is he is determined. Notice what he says here in verse 51 and 52. Suppose you that I am come to give peace on earth. I tell you, no, but rather division. Matthew says, but rather a sword. Now, Jesus, when he mentions sword, he's not talking about literal swords. When he told the disciples to strap on your swords, he was not talking about literal swords, although Peter thought he did. No, the swords he was talking about was the determination, amen, to face the enemy and to be victorious over him. Praise God. 
Amen. I'd rather look at that when, when we make mention of sword, the sword of the spirit, which is uh, the word of God. Amen. Praise God. And see, that's the that's the weapon that you and I have uh, to fight against the principalities, the powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world and wicked spirits in the heavenies, heavenlies. And then verse 52, from henceforth, there shall be five in one house divided three against two and two against three. The father will be divided against the son and the son against the father, the mother against the daughter and the daughter against the mother, the mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. You know, it's such a blessing when a whole family comes to Christ, every one of them, father, mother, husband, daughter, sons, daughters, brothers, sisters, they all come. Uh, to Christ, you know, like the house of Cornelius, the whole family got saved. The whole family got filled with the Holy Spirit. That's such a glorious time. But, you know, so much of the time that doesn't happen. Uh, I'm reminded of a, of a girl from India, a young teenage girl from India accepted Christ and her family found out about it. Well, uh, they burned her alive. They absolutely murdered her. But you know what? She's in victory. That was that was a terrible thing for a family that was supposed to love that girl to do uh, to her. But, you know, she was received up into glory. She was received to Jesus. She's one of those martyrs under the altar. Amen. That have been through the blood of Christ. Uh, They will forever live in honor in, in heaven and throughout eternity for that which they gave their most full devotion to. And you see, that's happening all over the world. You know, people are are being hauled up before magistrates and they're told to uh, recant their faith in the Lord Jesus or they'll they'll be uh, uh, they'll be executed. But they refuse to do that. They stand solid. These to me, these are my heroes. You know, not the people in Hollywood, not the leaders that have sold their soul to the devil for power and for money. That Those aren't those aren't our heroes. Our heroes are those that every day they live victorious. They live above the sin and strife of this world. Uh, you, you know, those that give the full measure of their duty uh, to uh, their, their faithfulness to the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, these are these are our heroes. These are the men and women who have braved all of these things. And they've done it because they love God and they love people. And they want to see others saved just as they were, were saved. And so... In life, we do have a baptism to be baptized with. And see, that baptism is called, you know, living the separated, sanctified life. You know, Jesus, uh, Paul said this, all things are lawful unto me, but all things edify not. They're not expedient. There's some things that Paul, even if it was lawful for him to do them, he would not do it because uh, his full devotion to Christ and you and I are the same way. You know, there's a lot of things that in this in this country that are lawful unto us and we can do them and nobody will recriminate us. Nobody will arrest us, but they don't edify. They don't edify Christ. They don't we're not they they don't cause us to be witnesses, good witnesses for the Lord Jesus Christ. So we separate ourselves from them. Amen. Praise God. And that's the baptism that we are baptized with. Amen. Praise God. And then Jesus said this. He said, when a cloud rises out of the west, you say there's a shower coming, and so it is. 
And when you see the south wind blow, you say there will be heat and it comes to pass. He said, you hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky and of the earth. But how is it that you do not discern this time? And there are many in the world in, in this in this world that are not discerning the signs of the time. Now, Jesus said this in the very beginning of his ministry. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He said that at the very beginning of his ministry and he proved it out in the three and a half years that he ministered. Amen. But Israel ignored it. And then Isaiah said this, arise and shine for the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Who is the glory of the Lord? Well, that's the Lord Jesus. He rose up in the nation of Israel. Amen. He was the glory and he showed forth the glory of the Lord, but they didn't recognize it. Let's not be cat. Let's not be caught in that same trap. Let's realize and understand just exactly who and whose we are. We are the people of the book. We are the people of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. And so we're not going to live a hypocritical life. We're going to live a life that's true to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as much as with that is within us. Amen. And if we fall and if we make mistakes, well, then we're quick to to repent and we're quick to ask forgiveness. Amen. We do it so fast that the devil doesn't even know what happened. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. And notice something else that Jesus says here. He says, and why even of yourselves judge you not what is right? Or we could say it this way. Why don't you judge and do what is judged already to be right? You know what is right. You've been taught in the word. Amen. Just do it. Amen. Don't make excuses. Amen. This is Jesus talking to the Pharisees and to the unbelieving Jews. And then he says this in verses 58 and 59. When you go with your adversary to the magistrate, as you are in the way, give diligence that you may be delivered from him, lest he hail thee to the judge and the judge deliver thee to the officer and the officer cast thee into prison. So he's saying to the unbelieving Jews, amen, you did wrong and you've offended someone. And now that someone is going to haul you before the judge. Well, you better humble yourself and you better make it right while you're on the way, because if you stand before the judge, he's going to bring the hammer of judgment down. And, you know, that speaks to us today. You know, we just need to live humble before the Lord. And if we do things by by on purpose or by accident, <laughs> you know, I know this is wrong, but I've got to do this. Well, that's sin. And if we catch ourselves with these things, well, let's just get them right. Let's just humble ourselves before the judge. He's he's a judge of mercy and grace. Praise God. And he'll forgive us. He'll restore us. Amen. Hallelujah. All we have to do is humble ourselves before him. Praise God. Amen. Now, Jesus said this beginning in Luke chapter 13. Then there were present at that season. Some that told him of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered, said to them, suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans because they suffered such things. I tell you, no, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the power of Siloam, the tower of Siloam fell and slew them. Think ye that they were sinners 
above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, nay, except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. You know, this reminds me of this reminds me of the the tale of Job. Uh, Job was a righteous man, perfect in all his ways. And look what he suffered. And his three so-called comforters just knew it's because he had sinned some done. He had committed some horrible sin. And they were accusing him of being a sinner. And Job knew that he had not done anything wrong to deserve what happened to him. But yet uh, they still accused him. And so in the end, what did God say to those three comforters? Oh, I tell you what. Now, Job's going to have to offer sacrifice to you because if he doesn't and if you don't repent, the worst is going to come upon you. See? And so, you know, this reminds me of of the, the tale of Job. And extreme tragedy does happen in life. It comes to people. There's some people that that don't suffer extreme tragedy, but there's others that do. And it doesn't make one better than the other because we're all sinners and we're all saved by grace. And we're not exempt in this life from trial and temptation coming our way. So just because the tragedies of life occur to others, that doesn't give them, uh, that doesn't make them worse off than what we are, doesn't make us better than they are. You know, I mean, and Paul said this, he mentioned this in the 10th chapter, 1 Corinthians. He says, let him that takes heed, that thinks that he stands, take heed lest he fall. So, you know, we, we are to treat these people not with contempt, but with compassion. You know, understanding that, uh, you know, if it weren't for the grace of God, you know, I would have suffered the same thing. So um, Jesus had great compassion on people. Uh, he loved people that were out of the way. He had compassion upon them, had mercy upon them. Well, if you and I have the same spirit that Jesus has, then we'll we'll have compassion and mercy for others too, going through the trials that they're going through. And then Jesus says this. He spake a parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard and came and sought fruit thereof and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, behold, these three years, notice that these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumber it the ground? And the uh, the keeper of the vineyard said this, and he answering said to him, Lord, let it alone this year also till I shall dig and, and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well, if not, then after that shall cut it down. So Jesus, this is a parable that Jesus is speaking. And he's saying to the nation of Israel, I've been here for three years. And I've come seeking fruit of this fig tree, which is a type of Israel. And I have not found any, you see. And the owner of the vineyard says, well, I just cut it down. And the Jesus himself says, no, Lord. He says, let it alone this year until I shot, dig around it and dung it. Well, amen. See, it was in the fourth year, almost the fourth year, the third and a half year into the fourth year of ministry that Jesus gave his life. Amen. And he said this, he said, unless the seed of corn, unless it die, it abideth alone. But when it dies, it brings forth much fruit. Jesus had to go to the cross. Amen. He set his flint. He set his face like flint to go to Jerusalem because he knew what was awaiting them there. Remember the scripture we just read concerning that I am burdened about this baptism that I'm to be baptized, waiting for it to be 
accomplished. Amen. Jesus was that corn, that kernel of corn that fell into the ground that died, but it brought forth much fruit. Aren't you glad that you're a part of that fruit of what Jesus did on his death burial and his resurrection? But remember this, you know, remember what Isaiah said, say ye to the righteous, it shall be well with them, for they shall eat the fruit of their doings. That's God speaking to us today. Amen. Hallelujah. And he's saying to us, you that are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, it shall be well with you. Now, that doesn't mean that we'll sail through life without any trouble, you know, but it does say that God will be with us in trouble and that there's no temptation taken us, but such as is common with man. But God is faithful not willing for us to be tempted above that which we are able, but will always with the temptation make a way of escape that we may be able to bear it. Praise God. There is a way of escape in this world. Amen. And it's going to be the rapture one day. Until that time comes, you know, there will be things that there will be heavy burdens, you know, that we're just going to have to uh, bear with us and we're going to have to stand against in the name of Jesus. There may be evil that comes, but just remember the psalmist, amen, that he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my strength, my fortress, in him I trust. His truth uh, is my shield and buckler, amen. And he will deliver us from the snare of the fowler. Praise God. Amen. There's always a way of escape. But know this and understand this, that it shall, because we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, it shall be well with us. The Lord will always watch over us. He will always take care of us. Amen. That's a good word. All right. Now, Luke chapter 13, this is a... a, a healing that Jesus performed of a woman who was bound by Satan. Notice this in verse 10. And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. Remember that. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift herself up. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. See the compassion of God. I tell you, God every day is full of compassion. His mercies are new every morning. And he lay hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Amen. So one of the effects of healing is that God gets the glory. Amen. Not us, but God gets the glory. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day. And he said to the people, there are six days in which man ought to work in them, therefore come and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. Now, and the Lord answered him and said, you hypocrite, does not each of you on a Sabbath day loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to wandering? And ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham now, whom Satan has bound, lo, these 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? And when he had said these things, all of his adversaries were ashamed and all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. They were ashamed. Why? Because what Jesus said they knew was the truth. 
Amen. And they were in the wrong. Now, this is the sixth time that Jesus has healed somebody on the Sabbath. Now, in the next chapter will be the seventh time. Amen. Seven is the number of completion. Amen. Concerning the Lord Jesus Christ, it's the number of perfection. Concerning us, it's the number of uh, completion. Amen. Praise God. And so it is the will of God to heal on the Sabbath day. And it's the will of God for people to be healed any day of the week. Amen. Matthew said this. He says, Jesus himself bore our sickness and carried our disease. And Peter said this. He who knew no sin was made. I mean, Paul said he who knew no sin was made to be sin for us. Amen. That we might be made the righteousness of God. And Peter says it was by his stripes that we were healed. And if we were, then we are. Well, when were we healed? The same time we got saved. Actually, that healing took place 2,000 years ago. Jesus paid for our sin, sickness. He paid for our poverty. He paid for our spiritual death. He may paid the ransom. Amen. And God, through faith in him, through faith in Christ, bought us back. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. And then Jesus goes into two parables talking about the kingdom of God and how that the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed which a man took and cast into the garden. It grew and waxed a great tree and the fowls of the air lodged in the branches of it. And he said, the kingdom of God is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. Amen. See, the kingdom of God is advancing. The kingdom of God is growing. Amen. And just because you're a member of the church and there's nothing particularly going on that uh, that that gets you excited in the church. Listen, God has a plan and purpose for your church, just like he has a plan and a purpose for you, and he will fulfill it. Amen. Praise God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Amen. Now take this word into our hearts. Encourage us, Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit, and we'll give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.